This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 842. Brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you.
Fanboy Pick of the Week, episode 842. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and this is my co-host, Josh Flanagan. Uh. <laughs> hey, we like comics. Every week we read a bunch of comics. One of us picks the best, we like the best, and we call it the Pick of the Week. It's our one hour of uh, fun and therapy, free therapy for everyone, or just for us, because we're the ones talking to each other, but... We are we not licensed practitioners. No, no. We'll talk about the books we read. We talk about the pick of the week. We talk about the Patreon picks and listener mail if we have time. Spoiler warning. Here's your spoiler warning. This is a review show. There'll be spoilers this week. Josh, you had the pick. I did. Pick of the week is Parker Girls number one by Terry Moore. I did not expect to make this the pick. It was actually, you had mentioned early in the week, you're like, new Terry Moore book. And I was like, and I, and I always feel like, by the way, that people listening to this are like, why do you keep talking about this stuff? And, you know, because I like it. Because we like it. So that's Terry more. Moore? Yeah, like I feel like yeah. we're, like we talked about every issue of five years, basically. And mm-hmm. I just feel like the potential audience for that among the people listening is low. You have to admire him. Oh. He's like the last holdout on the wall who is completely doing this on his own abstract studios is him and his wife there's no one else on this book they're put it out by themselves they've been doing it for like 40 years or more and he was flying high for a long time yeah and then the market changed and there was a point where he basically was like i, I can't keep doing this and then i don't he found a way he's still doing it one how one reason or another so and i actually uh, i had i remembered i had to buy it in the app and then i kind of forgot it was there and i was like i finished my books and then i was like oh wait you didn't so i refreshed and i downloaded the issue and um basically this is another all of these books are related to strangers in paradise um which you know if if you search ifanboy for strangers in paradise you can find a video show and we talked about the books and all this stuff several video shows probably yep and and it talks exploded with terry um, we've all been fans of his work for a really long time. I mean, decades. And one of the... It's funny. One of the things about... There's a little preamble here. Deal with it. Uh, one of the things about Strangers in Paradise that was interesting is that it starts off and it is a will-they-won't-they-love-triangle story. It's pretty straightforward and yeah. kind of quirky, fun characters and cartooning and everything. And then at a certain point, it becomes like this big crime conspiracy global thing. It, it's a... It's a lot. Which is funny because I've never reached that point in reading it. So uh-huh. I, I've been, re- I, you know, I read this book. I read Five Years. I read The Strangers in Paradise 25 thing. Yeah. I, re- you know, like I've read the ones that are all like the sequels, but I've never oh, read really? the foundational stuff. So I have a vague, I'm glad you're doing the preamble for, for me and for people. Right. I, have a, I have a vague sense of who the Parker girls are in general. So like they so were heavily involved in the five years book and the uh yeah so we find out that kachu who's just this you know enigmatic uh you know sexy girl who is super uh, um capable you know and and you know c- can do anything is it's basically like this ring of girls who function like spies but are met you know jason Bourne. yeah more or less you know and there and and i think it's darcy parker is in charge of them all and you know they are hired by billionaires to do undercover work or wet work or all sorts of things that rich people would do to each other because they're terrible and they're bored yes uh i mean if we were billionaires josh i'd be constantly sending people at you right to fuck with you yeah and uh and and you know it's not my favorite part of strangers in paradise but i've always thought that the barker girls as a concept was really interesting and that their relationships, the way that we had Kachu and Tambi have shown up over in there, you know, 
it's just one of those things that's always been interesting. And so this is sort of a story of that. I, I haven't quite figured out where it is in the timeline. Well, it's a, it's a very like uh, cold open yeah. situation. I mean, yes, it is. Any, any, anyone can read this book. And yes, not 100%. Have, I, I, you know, not, I mean, not knowing much about the Parker girls, I had no problem. You know, it's and basically s- like one girl's mission, uh, which right. was slightly confusing to me. Yes. It was. So we'll talk about that in one second. But, so the two things that, there's two specific things that happen here, the reason that this is the pick of the week. And one of them is extremely innocuous. First page of the book, second page of the book, you see a, a guy uh, ambling along the beach um, in Turks and Caicos Islands. You would just call it Turks and Caicos, but whatever. And, you know, the page is, it's four panels. The first one is clearly we're on a beach. You can t- it's black and white, but there's a crab there, and there's the ocean. You can figure that out. Second panel is a foot walking through the sand, and it, he has a little Harvard tattoo on his ankle. Tells mm-hmm. you what you need to know about a person. Right. He's drinking, okay. And the last one, he burps and throws the bottle. So he's not just drinking on the beach. He's drunk. The whole story happens in that. You yeah, go, he's disheveled. He's unshaven. I, he, I, yeah. I get sort of what this dude's about. Yeah. Um, and he comes upon this beautiful woman. There's also, in the next page, actually, the first panel of the next page, there's some shaggy, hairy dude following him along the beach. Or, or not following, but just walking on the beach behind him. And you kind of see it and then don't rem- remember it because it, it sort of comes out and it comes back around later. And the storytelling in this, for, for me, is sort of paramount because it's um, there's no dialogue on these pages. They're setting up a thing that is brand new. And to watch somebody do it like this at this level at this uh, ease you know it's like one of those things like somebody who's really really good who makes it look really really easy when mm-hmm. i go back and look at it i just thought this is such a high level of craft and it's a thing that you kind of don't get to see in other stuff because it has to be so bombastic and everything that you he can you can bring it right down and, and i really just love watching that work and this is the, this is the thing this is a super tiny thing and the second panel of the second page he slaps his uh face and I zoomed in to look at his watch. Because mm-hmm. you notice his watch. It looks like a fancy watch. But when you zoom in, like, it's drawn super loose. Yeah. Like, it's not some, like, somebody, he came out and, and used a, a photo to trace over it or right. made sure that all of the angles were right. It's a super loose watch. And it is such a great drawing. Because yes. it instantly tells you who he is and what he's doing. And it's just, like, you can see the scratches. You can see it's a drawing. If there's not, it's not trying to be photorealistic or whatever, but it sets a tone and it put me right there. And I looked at that and I was like, that's, a, that's awesome because you would think it was a sloppy drawing. Think about how many artists would be like, oh, I can't go away with that. And Terry Moore, like he goes, there's no, there's no uh, uh, um, shading. There's only lines in these. He doesn't use blacks. He doesn't. When he, you know, when he shades, he's, he does it with lines. Yeah. Right. He doesn't fill in actually on the bikini he does. But even so, that makes things striking. But in his like. Um, the bikini and the sunglasses. But most for the most right. part. All this texture and shading is done through cross-hatching right. and things. And and it should, you would think, give the, you know, like a, it should make things kind of flat, but that's not actually what happens. No. Um, you know, and as you start to go through this story, an action scene sort of pops up, and there is that guy that I mentioned, uh, you know, he pulls out a knife, and, and somebody sneaks up behind him and yanks his face back. And that page... Like, you see the hand come up behind him, it's got two fingers kind of tucked in and two out, and then the next panel the fingers go into the nose and the other fingers go into the eye and it gets yanked backwards and it's a a tumble, a torrent of lines everywhere. And then that last panel of the page is this like just harsh takedown. And, you know, that set of five, six pages, 
it, it flies right by. You wouldn't, like, if you weren't thinking about how comic books work, you would not notice any of those things. But as I watched it, because we do this and we talk about it, I'm trying to always think about, you know, what I'm going to say. I was just, just impressed. I just thought, this is, this is so good. This is like Roots, you know, like, a, like it's like a band that has bass, guitar, and drums and are mm-hmm. great. You know, you don't need anything else. It's, it, it's everything right there on a page and it's set a tone. And I, I just love the simple simplicity and the elegance and the just the, the you know how well it works without without much there this is the first thing yeah uh you know and the whole issue kind of works like that after that you sort of get into where we are and what we're doing but on a sort of basic a hellboy in level really you know of set up where you are who you're looking at and a thing happens uh i really love that and then the second part was i got to the last page and i was like what that's it <laughs> and i don't mean it like it felt too short i was ready for the next thing yeah. I, I, his his stuff reads really fast. It, it's just it's just the way it works. His, his dialogue plus the sort of simplicity of his storytelling um, tends to make it be over very quickly. And and that's what, what happened. I went oh, <laughs> I, I was I was I could have gone like if this had been a six issue sort of trade, I would have plowed right through it. Yeah, no problem. And the combination of those two things that. When I sort of went and looked up, because I didn't really, I, I had my list of books and I wasn't like, that's the one. But when I looked at them, uh, you know, th- that was the thing. I was like, well, it, did I have a comic book experience that I, as a person who's read a million comic books, can really appreciate it? And this was the one. You know, that's, that's how that gets to be pick of the week. Um, the plot, the characterization, the stuff that goes on, the twists and turns of that stuff all super interesting the way that these women interact with this sort of beat cop you know who's investigating a murder that's going on uh you know we do have the problem that most of terry moore's blonde women look like the other blonde women and most of his dark-haired women like well it's fine like i'm just used to it i accept that as a facet of this man's work um but it had everything that i love about terry moore books in it and uh I, I just I just loved it. And I, I really part of me every time I read a new one of these is like I've probably maybe I've had enough of this. And I never have. Yeah. I just I just I, I just appreciate the work so much. Yeah, so the main the main story is the is this this guy in the beach and the, the the mission for that. And there's a side there's a B plot where a famous actress has washed up on the beach in Malibu, she's dead and she may have also been a Parker girl. Um and so that's who you know, what happened to her. Those are the two main plots. I mean clearly the the main plot's gonna be the Malibu actress situation mm-hmm. the, the, the the main the the a plot in this issue is more like a tone setting story so you can get a sense of how the parker girls operate and in this case this woman on the beach has to take down this embezzler why was he depressed he didn't have cancer that was a lie and he didn't have a sister that was also a lie and the guy the people he stole the money from didn't know he had stolen it yet so why was he depressed that was my only question. That's a good question. I, th- I think, I think he did a bunch of things, and then the reason that he did it had been fucked up. So then he'd like fucked up his life entirely, and and like he was a adri- like he was adrift. He didn't know what to do with himself. Like he kind of thought he was. He didn't have cancer. Was the wait? Was the whole cancer story fabricated by him? No. Well, he said the cancer was a mixed. It was a mixed up record. So it, right. The, the doctor gave him the wrong diagnosis. Right. So he thought he was going to have cancer, and so as a result, he embezzled a ton of money from his company, figuring he'd live it out. And then he found out he didn't have cancer. And then my my thought was, I was he was fucked. Like he was like, what the fuck? This is I've just ruined my life. And then he tells her he had he was going to give the money to his sister. 
Um, but then and that was just on, a lie to make him look better. Right. Then later on, we found out there is no sister. So we find out maybe this guy was shadier than I thought. It just it was not a big deal. I was like, wait, so what was? It didn't it didn't matter. The point is, this mm-hmm. guy stole money, and so they were getting it back. Um, which I guess those employers did know he stole it, but uh, right. it was fine. It was it was just a way to see, to see how this girl operated, how she insinuated himself into her, herself did into the, his his life, and then you know got the money back. So that was fine. Did he? So basically, he's he basically embezzled ten million dollars or something like that. It was a million dollars. She turned it into two million, and that she was you know she was going to help him make him you know it she was, was a it was crypto, ten. Crypto, she was a and crypto she person. said, oh, you can double that in crypto in no time. And then he was like, oh, I don't know about that. And she goes, just let me do it for one million. So she oh, does it for right. one she million, one turns million it into this, two yeah. million. Yeah. What I want to know was that real? Because he goes, cool. And then they keep going, and it looks like, oh, she's making all his money back. Was that just BS? I don't know. And then, and then there was a really interesting bit is that she sleeps with him, and it was less sort of at first like it was kind of flirty, sexual, or whatever. And and you're and then at the end, somebody's like, you didn't have to you didn't have to sleep with him. She goes, I know. And I was like, well, that's interesting. Yeah. What's that about? Um, you know, it's uh, Terry Moore has a different view on uh, female sexual mores, I think, which is kind of interesting because I'm like, is he is he kind of a creepy old man or is he doing something that's more honest or whatever? And I'm I'm not accusing. I've just I find it curious and I I kind of always trying to understand it. Um, yeah. So that's that's how we get to the pick of the week. It was very good. I mean, we we've, we've been talking about cereal and all the books he's been doing lately. He's he's sort of the last. Uh, Hold out in terms of these, uh, these uh, f- like high profile creator, you know, fully creator published, self published creator owned stuff. I got to say, too, is that uh, I was just looking through the back of the book and there's all the sort of other books that he did. And um, it was uh, like a lot of them are sort of semi supernatural or whatever. And mm-hmm. I, I, you know, obviously I like the ones that aren't supernatural a lot more. Like, yeah, I mean, even C- Serial was supernatural, it involved that demon girl and mm-hmm. all this stuff. So this is, this is more of the, uh, even well, even Strangers in Paradise twenty five was you know involved like yeah, that the end of the of, world thing, yeah, end of the world and that woman of like mythology, which serial yep. came out of. So, yeah, this is this is fun. This is sort of a grounded crime story so yep. for right now, and so uh, it was all about it, and that, uh, and I yeah, I, there was once I sort of decided I was like yeah, that's that's the one. However, by the second place, I was probably going to go with Amazing Spider Man nine hundred one. Um. For the same, didn't I make? I made Amazing Spider-Man one of the earlier ones, pick of the week, or yes. we just talked about it. Yeah, I think so. I same reason, maybe. Same reason. I am. I'm. I'm surprised myself to find myself enjoying this, and I'm really enjoying seeing this. Just like prime John Romita Jr. I, so, not this week, but right before this week, I caught up. I've been catch slowly clawing my way back. I think I've got five more books to read from my time off, and one of the books I read was Amazing Spider-Man 900, which I loved, mm-hmm. but I was surprised. That Ed McGinnis withdrew it, considering he's not someone you really re- associate with Spider-Man. No. For, especially for a 900 issue. I was surprised since Ramita Jr., who was the main artist in this book, is someone much more associated with Spider-Man, not just himself, but his As family. Is, yeah. <laughs> and you think he would have drawn 900, but for some reason it was Ed McGinnis. Anyway, I love that issue. I also really enjoyed this. Uh, I think Zeb Wells is doing a fantastic job. And I and it's, it is, you know, people complain, I love Ramita. Uh, it's inked by Scott Hanna, and that makes a difference with him. He is, uh, you know, he's not young anymore, and the fact he can still do this at a high level. Yes, his art is slightly different than it used to be, and yes, it's slightly changed, and you know, but it's it it is what it is, and it's I think it's it's such a marvel look to and feel to the book that mm-hmm. uh, I really enjoyed, and I like that this this book 
feels like it's sort of a nexus point for a lot of Marvel New York stuff. Like, you know, uh, uh-huh. Kamala Khan shows up here. She's she makes a little appearance, and it just you know the what happens here spider webs out into the X Men uh, X Men uh, gala story that happened a couple weeks ago. Like it, it just feels like this is sort of in the middle of stuff, which Spider Man should feel like. I think I like that. Um, the first issue that the the, when this started, this is seven, so yeah. you know, whatever six issues ago, it was very confusing. Like we had just yep. come out of the um, that end of the Nick Spencer run, which I liked it a lot, but there's a lot of it I didn't like. And so he wakes up in the beginning of that first issue that Zeb Wells did, and and like everything is different. And we had to be like, what the hell's going on? But it was good enough that you kind of didn't care. And now we've lived in it long enough that like I'm I don't know what's going on with Mary Jane, but I'm down with it. Like I'm good with it. I like that it is connected to what happened because Norman Osborn was involved with the Sin Eater stuff. He yeah. was washed free of sin. He's a completely different person. All that guilt and whatever is gone, which is dubious and interesting to think about. He just wants to help. And you know, and then you have this like follow-up to uh the vulture what's her name kestrel maybe uh his his niece mm-hmm. or granddaughter right. or whatever yeah and he's just like and he just hears one thing he's like he said you were a bad guy and he's like spider-man and he just makes it and it just becomes a totally classic vulture has to go kill spider-man thing right you know and and it was just like this little you know touch of gosh that I really appreciate it. And the interpersonal conflict that's going on between Norman Osborn and Peter Parker. And the whole time you're like, why are you just talking to him like this? That's the Green Goblin. <laughs> and then it comes out at the end. And you're like, yeah, that's that's how you're supposed to respond to this man. <laughs> and Norman is shocked. Mm-hmm. Like, if you look at his face after Peter gets mad at him, he's like, what? I didn't know. <laughs> and it's 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 that great, you know, they're not just supervillains. They're inter, inter- twined in their lives personally in a way that is super soap soap operatic yes um, yes and you know i was th- I, 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 over the break i was thinking i was looking for some old comics and i was like why 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 do i f-? we talked about this a little bit with the a couple of episodes episodes ago about how everything's written for the trade so things read differently now i think i really miss the soap opera aspect of a lot mm-hmm. of these marvel books you know they used to yeah. be written like long, drawn-out soap operas. And I think Dan, Dan Slott does that really well in his books. Yes. yes. He did that really well in Fantastic Four. And I felt like when everything sort of resets every six issues or so, it can feel like you're not, you're not getting this, this tapestry of story that you used to get reading. Well, and, and I think this feels more like that. Modern writers will start off with that, but then they, also, they always have to come in with the grand plan. Right. With the big things. They got like, to sell no. a trade. Right. So, you know, you had that, that start of Nick Spencer, Ryan Otley, and whoever the other villain was. You know, it started off like that. It was roommates, boomerangs there. He's crazy. And then the Sin Eater thing blows up. I mean, it's this whole other thing that isn't what I showed up for. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it's kind of what always happens, and I get it. I've been trying to think. This is, this is a complete tangent. I do not want to stay at it. But I'm going to put an idea in your head, and we'll see if it comes back around mm-hmm. again. Silver Age comic books were created by people who went to war. Mm-hmm. They went to World War II. They came back. They started stuff. That contributes. There's no way none of that contributed to what superheroes became sure. in the 50s and 60s. Then a bunch of people go to Vietnam. They write mm-hmm. the comics from the 70s and 80s. The people writing the comics now didn't do any of those things. Pampered little fucks. 
I mean, that's us too. Just to know, be clear, I know. Just you know, kidding. but but I was I was trying to wonder like what it was. What's different? Why is why? How does that that affect what these comics are and what like that? Maybe there's a simplicity to them earlier that now people have to prove themselves in a different way. Whereas you know, like Jack Pro- Jack Kirby didn't need to prove himself. Like he did it in every way he could. He says, "I'm gonna draw some cool shit." I mean, he did have to prove himself, but professionally, it was it. It's a different thing. Like they're going for a different thing, and now there's all sorts of money involved where there wasn't before. And uh, I, don't I know. mean, it's, it's just so different. The business aspect of it is so different. Now I'm than just, it was. I, I just put these things together, these trends, and I thought this must mean something, but I don't know what it is yet. That's all. So you're That's saying we bit. need to take the Marvel stable of writers and ship them off to war? I'm saying, you know, like, and you know, Larry Hama would be behind it. He's like, <laughs> I'm you just, do that. Here, I don't know. take I, my I, gun. I, it's certainly a possibility. I, I think, uh, I think the, the business aspect is a bigger influence than, sure. than, than no, that. absolutely. Anyway. Um, I, I, I really like this issue. I still like this color me bad boyfriend that Mary Jane's got. Um, mm-hmm. I like that Peter had a bit of a temper here. Mm-hmm. He's still on edge from whatever happened. Like this is, you know, this whole thing was, there was a time jump between volumes. So we don't know what happened. We don't know how he pissed off Mary Jane. We don't know why they broke up. Um, that can't yeah. be her kid. No, it's not her kid. Right. It's gotta be his kid, but. Unless it's like unless it was like a ten year jump, which it wouldn't have. But happened. it isn't. We know it's not. Right. It's it's relatively short because other stuff. Now, they tried to much... trick us into thinking it was a ten year jump by introducing right. the kid, but it, it's, yes. his, it's clearly his kid. And but you know that's he, soap opera too. I I, I this is I I really look forward to this book the same way I did at the original beginning of that Nick Spencer run until it got mm-hmm. so, you know bogged down by that 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 scarab Sin-eater. dude and sin eater or whatever. Yeah. But oh oh the the centipede thing. Yeah, Vulture yeah. was awesome in this. Yes, it's the classic Marvel thing where. His family gets blown up, and he blames Spider Man. Spider Man did it, and right, you know, it was great. And it just great, Ramita, just quality, full on. Like I don't know, some of these pages, the vulture, the vulture pages specifically stand out to me mm-hmm. as just great comic book action pages and a great cliffhanger where Vulture flies him as high as he can go, uh-huh. destroys his web shooters, and then drops him. And it's like, how is he going to get back? How's he going to survive this? And it says, in two weeks, Spider-Man's funeral. So maybe he dies. Yeah. That's, we'll that find out be next, new, in two weeks. be a new thing. I think, I think if there's anything I could do to improve this, I think there's bits where the coloring doesn't help it. And that's where he doesn't put a lot of lines in. And the colorist has to make... Yeah, no, I thought about that too. The um, I was thinking about what's the difference between now and, and before. And it's... Marcio Minis is, is a you know, fine colorist, but... The the impulse to add shading to everything yeah. isn't always the right impulse, which is probably the job. I mean, like that's probably what they're told to do. Or sure, I'm not I'm not blame. I'm not you know that doesn't happen in a vacuum. But like, yeah, there's one point where he gives like Mary Jane really like heavily rouged sh- cheeks, and I was like, you're not. She doesn't look better because of doing this, right? Like, it just adding cheekbones doesn't colored cheekbones it doesn't work all yeah. the time. So. We're halfway through eight billion genies. This is issue four. I still really look forward to this mm-hmm. when it when it comes out because I just don't know what's going to happen, and it is kind of a tr- <laughs> really original concept. It is <laughs> like yes. there's there's nothing I compare it to. It's it's you know maybe in in their heads there's some high concept pitch if it's this meets this, um, but it kind of every issue kind of goes in a different direction. This one we find out that a bunch of people have given themselves super hero powers and other people giving themselves super villain powers and we learn more about the people in the bar who've been in there for months at this point and then also finally and i guess here's your spoiler is that we learn out that like the bartender who 
made that wish at the beginning, like, is the head genie. Well, no, he was the last, the last genie, genie of the last age of man. So ah. genies, genies came about because when, when, when the earth becomes unsustainable with people, there's too many people, when it, when it reaches 8 billion people, which is where we are now in the real world, the genies uh, appear to basically cull the herd. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the last time this happened, you know, he was the last genius. He basically wished himself to survive that. Um, so he he's he was just around the, the last time there was man. The whole yeah. point is is that we're in the second age of man. Basically, there was a, there was humans before they, they destroyed themselves. The genies called it, and then we started over. Right, and we're down to one point one billion now, which is much more sustainable. Sure, for, in terms of resources. Later. That last page, uh, basically, or it's not the last page. It's, you, you could. There's a there's like a wide ocean, uh, wide space shot of the Earth where it has yeah. you know uh, arms and Mickey Mouse gloves and and boots and a face and you see all these spaceships that people have wished up around, which is just you could I could look at this page. I did. I looked at this page for a long time and I kind of thought, oh, is this the last page? I was short and then I flipped. But um, you know, there's the Enterprise. There's a slave one up there. And yeah. I was like, oh yeah, you could. There's a JLA Watchtower. You could totally wish for a spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> it, um, this was uh, this is my least favorite issue. I, I liked it, but all, of all the issues, this is my least favorite so far. But mm-hmm. uh, it's very much a middle issue. Uh, I really like the genies, though, and I like the little storytelling yeah. in the genies. Like at one point, I'm trying to find the page it happened at. Uh, they're in the bar. And, okay, so on page. Uh, nine, Josh, in your digital reader, the the genies are mixing drinks in the first panel. Like he's got a cocktail shaker. The second mm-hmm. panel is pouring drinks for the other genie. In the th- in the fourth panel, they're two both knocking the drinks back. In the fifth panel, the genies are <laughs> performatively drunk, and in the sixth panel, they're throwing up. Like it was just this little genie story happening outside of the dialogue. That's great. Um, I that stuff I, has been terrific. I also think that it's a good choice, and it adds a lot. Is like they're throwing the, up outside the panel, like they're sure. almost aware that they're in comics. I, I love that the genies are active participants and they do not withhold all information. Right. It, it makes it much more interesting. Like they have information that it is unrelated to like the wishing of which they won't not tell you anything unless you wish it. Like right. they they're actively involved with it. They make decisions. They like parts of it. You know, there's there's a bit where Somebody wants to know where their son is, and it's like, well, we know, but we're not sure she wants to hear it, so we haven't told them. And 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 I, it adds another, you know, you could. I feel like most of the time people would be like, oh, they would just be quiet and and taciturn or 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 you know mischievous or whatever. Right. But like these dudes are straight up. Yeah. Like, they don't lie. They tell you exactly what's going on, why they're doing it. It's just, it's cool. It's it's just it's really fun. Yeah, they are. Um, they're like little mischief makers. They'll tell you straight up, but you know, it's going to cause problems. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like this book, and I'm always excited when it comes out. It's just like this. There's a lot of superhero action in this one. I was like, okay, yes, there was. I did think I was like, this is a person who was worked on superheroes, working on some superhero stuff, which I understand. But although, the, although it did, you know, it was there was a great moment in it where you know the, these guys. So one of the main characters was a kid who goes off to find a safe place to keep take his parents, and he wished himself to be like sort of the ultimate superhero. Mm-hmm. And the genius keeps saying, "Don't worry, he'll be fine." He's, he gave himself a really sort of surprising, robust power set, and he should be fine out there. And so then he meets up with these other guys who are also superheroes, and they sort of end up 
derailing his mission by forming like a Justice League team to go off and fight the people who became supervillains or the, the kaiju or the, the Godzillas, two Godzillas attacking Tokyo. And they meet this, they, they sort of run up against um, these really bad dudes who are the Royal We, which is, which is a fun name. Yes. Um, who are also like sort of the ultimate bad guys. And they, they fuck up the main guy who was, uh, what was his name? The son? Uh, no, because he's Sun Man and he's some star. Something anyway, star. he gets killed, and as he's dying, uh, you know, our main character's like, I can't, I'm not, I can't deal with this. I'm only 12. And the, the guy says, I'm only 11. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, it was like, mm-hmm. you know, then he realized there's all these sort of kids out there pounding on each other. It was very, it was it's a nice very tag. Good. Yeah, the it of an 11 year old is not something you want to give unlimited power to. No, you, you would be in trouble if the situation happened in your house. Which is, the, this is the point. Yeah. I mean, like, this is this is how, you know, and they kind of talk. It You know, it's a little highfalutin, like, well, most of the people are awful, you know, which okay. isn't something that I don't <laughs> not believe, but it's like when you say it out loud. <laughs> also, look how terrified the moon is on that yeah. page you liked with the it should earth. Be. The moon is, <laughs> is terrified of what's happening on Earth. Uh, also, there's more Earths, by the way. There's two more Earths. I th- see, that's not a bad idea. Hey, let's... Is he terrified? I guess he's terrified. The eyes would be terrified. He's like, ah! Well, this <laughs> somebody, like there's, there's at least three nuclear explosions happening. There's, there's a there's giant, a couple of giant volcanoes, out. and then, and then uh, the uh, Europe and parts of somewhere just just between. It looks like it's between Australia. The geography of this or of this. Yes, globe it is. is. It is not to scale. It's not not correct. But somebody took a bite out of the Earth, so that that should yeah. be a problem as well. Anyway. I like this. Yep. And uh, this is very good. Uh, big, big, exciting release this week. Deceased War of the Undead Gods, number one. The final chapter of the Undead, uh, the Deceased Saga, written by Tom Taylor, art by Trevor Harrison. And um, this was fine. Like, I was very excited for it. I read it, I read it last. Um, and it felt more like a prelude mm-hmm. and, and included a confusing opening. But it had, it had the patented tom taylor great character moments including the sort of devastating alfred scene and uh i'm excited for the, you know for this final chapter even if i didn't like really love this first issue yeah for a minute i was like well is this a pick of the week and i was like eh, you know it has cool things in it trevor hair sign it's always good to see come back um and i liked all of it but there wasn't like a standout yeah. kind of thing are they saying that in this world, Supergirl was sent to New Genesis and never went to Earth? It seems that way, yes. And I thought that too. Oh, they're redoing this. I like, like as a concept, I thought it was good. You know, we're like, they, why would why would the L's send you to that backwater? But she's landing place? now, post yes, post zombie breakout because all the new gods are zombified. I was that, mm-hmm. that was the part I was confused. Like, like what's what? But. Take that Ambush. away once you get past that cold open with the with her on New Genesis, and we're dealing with the fallout of the last mini in which they found the cure for the anti life zombie zombiness, and they've been curing people. And they the big the big set piece here is to go to rescue Clark from the middle of the sun, and I guess the middle of that rescue his arm gets ripped off. So he oh he his, his arm was cut off before. That's right, I forgot. Right. Uh, so he ends up with a with a cyborg arm, but he's cured. So now they got Superman back. But the the big emotionally devastating part was Alfred, who 
you know, he had previously shotgunned Bruce and Tim and Dick when they turned zombified. And unfortunately, that meant that they cannot be brought back. And so he's dealing with the fact that he, even though he didn't know there'd be a cure, he mm-hmm. killed his sons. And that's what he says. And it was like, oof. To be fair, you got to put Bruce down. <laughs> like, you're not going to survive if you don't. That's yeah. that. He would, if, if he hadn't done that, the zombies would have won. Yeah. Full stop. That's what they knew in DC versus Vampires. So, mm-hmm. uh, this whole issue was basically like a cold open. We talked about you know, yep. the cold open effect, but this was like a little bit of Supergirl, a little bit of the heroes getting Superman back, and then Brainiac shows up. Um, it's just, it, th- we were not into the meat of this yet, but I'm very excited to get there because this, this was a good issue. It just wasn't, I was really yep. excited for it. And just, you know. I have a qu- quick question. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't don't have made want a this to, I, I don't want this to be a whole thing, but mm-hmm. um, related to the, the Superman, Tom Taylor Superman book here. Should we send Tom Taylor to war? Is that what you're going to say? No, I don't think so. I think he's fine. He lives okay. in Australia. He's basically fighting giant spiders all the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I'm terrified of Australia. I never want to go there. <laughs> look at that. No, I don't want to even look at it. Um, when Damien is a character mm-hmm. that is aged up slightly and has a little more experience and specifically has a root whether it be to alfred or to um john kent Mm -hmm. i like the character a heck of a lot more yeah he's fine here i mean i know what i prefer it was tim in the suit sure but you know right but either way this is this is you know a a, a divergent time stream doesn't matter it doesn't it's funny though because they He's drawn to look like, you know, Grim Bruce, but he's not talking like that at all, and it's kind of jarring. Yes. Because, like, maybe you should change the suit a little more like John Kent did, so you kind of know. <laughs> but but either way, you know, it, and it happened in, it happens in, this, in the Robin Solo book. It has, I was like, when the character ends up with a, a liking for people and has a bit of a, a moral direction, it works so much better. And we, we spent so much time in that no man's land where you were like, this character's terrible. And, and I think he was. And if you compared it to the other ones or whatever. But well, I mean, a good portion of it is his personality is awful. Right. And so here's here, he's less of an asshole. So he's right, less, in he's less of, in like, terrible. In the Robin book, for example, the, mm-hmm. the, the solo, like, it's more like this. And when he shows up in Superman, Son of Kal-El, he's more like that. And I like it. I, 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 I have a hard time hating the character in those contexts. Send send Damien, send Damien to war. Well, I mean, given his family history, it's it's not like he had it easy. <laughs> he's in war. He's in war all the time. Let's take it's a quick true. break and talk about how you can support the show. We thank everyone who does that. You help keep the bills paid, keep the show going, help 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 us pay for the time we spend and the comics and all that stuff. And we thank you for that. The main way is patreon.com slash ifanboy. They help us support the show directly. They unlock a lot of shows for you to listen to. Even if you're not a patron, they they are part of a great community. There's a Facebook group. There's a Discord server, um, and they you know they help meet stretch goals, which give us fun things to do. Um, our next stretch goal currently right now is to add TV coverage to our special edition stuff. So we cover the movies right now, but we don't really cover the TV shows. We'll start doing some of those. But as we said, um, we're we're going to change those. And I know we've been saying that for like six months, but we actually. Um, Go, are going to do that. We just haven't had had the moment to do it yet. But we are going to change the stretch goals to so sort of stretch them up and get people more excited. So uh, maybe make them, you know, sign up for. Comp- you don't have to be a ten dollar a month patron. You don't have to be a twenty dollar a month patron. You can be a one dollar a month patron if you're a listener. That's fine. You still get to be part of the community because you get to vote in the patron pick. 
but you still get to come to the hangouts. Yeah, consider being a hundred dollar a month patron. Specifically, it doesn't mean now. you can't be a thousand dollar a month patron. It doesn't mean you can't be a Should million be. dollar a month patron. We also accept those patrons. I got to tell you, that would solve a lot of problems. <laughs> I mean, it just yeah. would. I mean, we probably add brought to you by and then your name to the show. Oh yeah, no, it could be like. It's like naming Bill's, rights. It's like Bill's iFanboy pick of the week. And yeah. by the way, if it's cryptocurrency.com's iFanboy, I'm fine. <laughs> so, patreon.com. We really do uh, appreciate all the patrons. We, we, we enjoy them. We enjoy the hangouts. We're, as we're recording this, we have a hangout tonight. We're excited to do. So, um, thanks to all the patrons at patreon.com slash iFanboy. iFanboy.threadless.com. That's where our t-shirts are. I mean, there's more than just t-shirts, but mainly t-shirts. They're, they're found there. Our, our 12 designs, our most recent one is the Gosh design, which reminds me a little bit of the whole 8 Billion Genies you know, aesthetic in terms of mm. just like this chaotic superhero battle happening. But um, those are all there. I still wear my shirts. I, I, I enjoy my shirts. I enjoy the shirts we've designed. And so uh, consider picking one up there. We, we, we were talking the other day about a new design. So hopefully we'll come up with one soon. Fembo.com slash support is where you can directly donate via PayPal. Again, if you don't want to be and a million dollar a month patron and you just want to drop some money in there for tax purposes. I don't even know what those tax purposes would be. I'm not a CPA. But if they if you, if they existed and you want to drop them in there for your PayPal, you can do that directly. Or, you know, you don't want to lose the PayPal fees, you can also just talk to us if you want to work out a deal. That's fine too. <laughs> we'll com slash Amazon we'll you in a you... parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say like I don't mean like a like a deep throat situation. I mean like, you know, if you want to hey you know, if you want to just, you know, donate but don't want to Donate partially to PayPal. Fembo.com slash Amazon is where you can buy our Booksplode books as well as shop generally. And also, we are partnering with bookshop.org to help out local bookstores. And we can find those links where appropriate, usually at the books at the, uh, at the Booksplodes because they don't sell uh, single issues through bookshop.org. So, that's how you help support the show. We thank everyone who does that. Uh, we, we do appreciate it. And uh, thanks for helping keeping the show going. We, 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 any little bit helps. Let's talk about Hellboy and the BPRD 1957, Falling Sky, the latest. They're doing a lot of these. Uh, oh, this, is, this is my point. Every week, there seems like there's a new one-shot, cool BPRD Hellboy story, and I am loving it. I'm loving it. it. It's just, you're in, you're out, you're not, like, I was like, oh, there's not even, there's not a number involved. You just get a little little story, and they, they you know, the little shorts. Hellboy lends himself so well to short stories, and, you know, this is about uh, basically like an, an, an agent, uh, cryptozoologist kind of guy. And he joins up because, you know, he's like the beginning is him getting hired and he wants to be doing one thing. And, you know, he ends up instead going on the field and all these bogus calls over and over again. He's lamenting it to Hellboy and Hellboy's like, what do you do? Uh, and then he meets a, a Thunderbird. And he is dropped from a very high height, mm-hmm. and you think, oh, this is terrible. But it turns out he is thrilled because he found a real Thunderbird. And he's now uh, yeah. He wanted to be a researcher and ended up putting him in the field because they're shorthanded, and then that's how he gets. Right. So I, I had a revelation. Think reading this issue first. Sean Martinborough, bro, Martinborough drew it. Who we it was a big, a big name in the early two thousands and late nineties. We, we enjoyed his work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That too. I was like, why does this feel weird? Mm-hmm. And then I realized oh, I it's because it's Lee Lowridge on colors and not Dave Stewart. Yes. And I had that same it's thought. It's a very when different I was... color palette. And yep. Hellboy always looks a certain way. And we talk about the fact that Dave Stewart is the glue at, yep. at the Hellboy yes. universe. And no matter who's drawing it, it always looks of a piece. But here, I was like, the colors are more muted. There's a lot more greens. 
Like a lot of there's a lot yeah. of greens in the background. Hellboy looks more shaded, and I was like, I couldn't put my finger on. It. I was like, I'm not disliking it. I was like, well, but this feels strange. Yeah. Well, he had done for a long time. He did if if there was a Hellboy or BPRD book, he colored it, and that is not seems to be the case anymore. Which I, I kind of can't blame him, but it no, was always can't. a nice, you know, it, you know, it was just a, a nice uh, continuity, I think. And then ironically, as we move on to the next book, yeah. He is coloring Punisher number five. What's going on? Like, so it's not like he's like, oh, I'm taking a vacation. I'm not right. doing anything. He's over on the Punisher. I get um, it. Are you still reading this? No, I, I, reading didn't, re- I didn't read past issue one. You've got the story where the hand has resurrected his wife and, you know, that all kind of falls apart. And he's like, what am I doing here? This is terrible. And, and the wife is, is going through some shit and he tries to rescue her. But, of course, when he takes her away, she goes to die. But the part of this that was really the highlight, the part that I really liked, was we got Frank Castle as a kid flashback uh, as drawn by Paul Azaceta. And, mm-hmm. you know, a retelling of a, it's not really his origin. It's more of his past and right. like what he was like as a kid and what he went through and then meeting the girl who become his wife and, and he saved some nerd and that nerd. Some nerd. His, well, it's true. He saved some nerd and that nerd became like his only friend and, and um, right. he, the, the nerd helped him get the girl and, in a way that he doesn't really know about. And that sort of comes back later and then the nerd gets killed. And he, the nerd also suggests, because he's this kid who's a psychopath who has to put this violent energy somewhere, he's like, why don't you play hockey? So he played hockey, and he was amazing at it in college, in high school. Oh, sure. Uh, and then high school was over, and he had nothing to do with it anymore. And apparently the next step is to fucking kill everybody. Sure. Um, I just, I, I love Paul Azaceta, and he was over on that um, book with Kirkman and Skybound for a really long time. And I, you know, hadn't hadn't read it uh and it's just nice to have him back because he was he was around a lot before that job which was a great job for him i don't i don't uh i don't begrudge him but it's just really good to see that again that's with dave stewart coloring it too you know i this is this is one of those books that i don't think it's amazing but i am invested in it i it's the first punisher book i've stuck with in a long time because Mm -hmm. it's it's very it's interesting uh yeah so you know you and i've been reading fully digitally for for a long time for many years over a decade and uh one of the things you lose is a sense of of um, giant sizeness. S- giant sizeness. So giant size Gwen Stacy and everyone. I'm reading it. I picked it up because the color cover was very, very. Um, it was very uh, compelling. Good. I was like, oh, that's a good cover. So I was like, oh, I like Gwen Stacy. So I downloaded it. I was worried it was going to be like all about like her being, you know, like the Gwenpool, but it wasn't. It was just classic Gwen Stacy. So I'm reading it. I'm reading it. I'm reading it. And. Sometimes I'm reading a book, I'll tap on the screen to see how far into the book I am, just to you know, mm-hmm. get a sense of scale. And this is a quote from what I said out loud to myself, by myself in the room. 116 pages! Oh, that's too many pages. It's 116 pages. Now, it was awesome. Uh-huh. It was really awesome. Christos Gage wrote it, and Todd Nock drew it, and it's... You're talking about goshiness and talk about Spider-Man we talked about earlier. Um, this was... It's purely set in like the you know like the '80s Spider-Man books. Uh, it's when it's the last days of high school. I'd forgotten because you know it's been a long time that I guess in that I guess it's true that um, Peter didn't meet Gwen until college, so they went <laughs> to different high schools. Um, so in this world, Harry and Gwen are high school classmates they didn't go to midtown high they went to standard high whatever it's called Hmm. and so this is all this is a basically a crime caper involving gwen stacy and harriet osborne 
trying to figure out who who's trying to set up her dad, the police captain. And it involves the Green Goblin and it involves Kingpin. And Peter shows up a couple times in the background and then at the very end. But for the most part, it's just Gwen Stacy. The X-Men make a cameo, which was fun. But it it was this really long, fun, deep, you know, Spider-Man crime story involving, you know, Gwen Stacy as the protagonist. And it was really fun. It was mm-hmm. really gushy. It's great. And I... I wasn't even knowing, like, it, it took me two, two days and two seat, sittings to read through, but um, I really enjoyed the heck out of it. And you were talking about Norman Osborn earlier, and it was fun because this, this was a classic. Norman hasn't been exposed yet. He's secretly Green Goblin, creepy Osborn. And it was great. And Todd, Todd Nowak is, you know, he's, he's got that cartoony, that fun cartoony vibe that, you know, he was a big deal in the late 90s, early 2000s. He drew Young Justice and books like that. And, they had these great Adam Adam Hughes interstitial page, chapter breaks, and I don't know why they did this, but it was awesome. Like it really was. I was first. I was annoyed. I was like 116 pages. You've got to be kidding me! But at that point, I was like really invested in the story. And then by the end of it, I was like, that was really awesome. I, it was a great Green Goblin, great Gwen Stacy, and uh, I really liked it. It was fun. If you're a Marvel fan, this is totally up up your alley. Cool. Yeah. Hey, those are the books we wanted to talk about, but uh, patreon.com slash ifanboy, uh, you can vote to add a book to the rundown. And this week, the voters picked Predator number one from Marvel Comics, Ed Brisson, Kev Walker on art. They also almost picked Love Everlasting, Love Everlasting number one, which came out this week. It was it was uh, released through Image Comics after big on Substack, which we already reviewed. Issue true. Episode 815. We talked about Love Everlasting. It was the second book in the rundown. We talked about it for like five or six minutes. So uh, Josh and I were talking, and if it had won, we were just going to copy and paste that and drop up, drop up that conversation into the show again. Time saver. Anyway, Predator number one ended up winning, so it, doesn't, it was all moot in the end. Um, Josh, I'm curious, what is your Predator fandom? It's not significant. It's yeah. a thing I was aware of when we were kids. It was one of those things, but... You know, I think I saw the first one and, you know, it's fine. It wasn't, it's not, it's not my thing. I get it. Like, you know, we've seen all the costumes at the comic cons and that's yeah. the thing. Like some people are into this thing. Like, you know, if, if I had to choose, I'm an alien kid, not a predator kid. Sure. Uh, and that was even later. Cause I wasn't really into this kind of stuff when it was contemporary. So there was, there's a, you know, on, on the title page, there's a little, uh, you know, in 1987, 1992. I like that. So that was all the move, all the predator movies, you know, the first, second, third, fourth, and then there was like three Alien versus Predator movies. Mm-hmm. I never saw past the second one. I, I, the second one was the Danny Glover one. I think I saw that one time. The, the only thing I remember about it was the sh- he goes in the ship, we, and in the background was the Xenomorph head. That's all I remember from that movie. Hmm. Um, the first one though was very important to my childhood. Like, oh, that was really? a VHS we owned. Like, my me and my friends watched it all the time. I don't think you remember, but we used to do bits on this movie in college at your house. Hmm. Do you remember me and Van Neal and Simmons and we would make jokes about the, you know, you know, the the guy on the bridge who cuts his own chest when he realizes he's going to die. Like that's the most hardcore moment in cinema history. Like See, I think you may have been talking about it, but I didn't really mean anything to me because I didn't know it. Well, we used to and do so therefore didn't we used stick. to do funny bits on Predator. But I'm sure that's as far as I go. I never went like I I liked that movie. Okay. You know, I love that first movie. It's incredibly over the top and fun. Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jesse Ventura and Bill Duke and you know, it's it's like a classic of 80s action movie cinema. 
that's as far as I get. I don't. I've never seen anything more than that. I'm not super interested. I'm going to watch the new one because we're mostly because we're we were friends with Dan Trachtenberg, and right. it's getting good reviews. But you know, I'm not. I don't. I'm not super into Predator. I'm not super not into Predator. I get it. It's fun, but you know, sure. It's I'm an not, aesthetic. I I've never read a Predator comic in my life because there've been a no. lot of them. So the only reason that I had noticed this, and I would have read this anyway, is because it's Kev Walker, and I can't get enough Kev Walker art in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, that would have been the only thing. Yeah. So what we have here uh, is a take on Predator that gets us out off Earth, um, and it's basically the story of a, of a young girl whose family was killed by predators, or a predator, and she's devoted her life to hunting that one down. In the meantime, she kills a bunch of the other ones that she comes across. All right. Uh, I think that was a good move, because it gets us away from, you can just sort of tell this other story, and basically it's them, you know, a space hunter story. Yes. And the predator happens to be the thing in it. Maybe we learn a little about predators. Maybe they stick something in there that's interesting. Uh, a little alien action on this, I think, is that um, the whole family is killed, so the only person, the only other person involved in the life of this girl is the AI on the ship, uh, whose name is something... Sandy. Human. Sandy. You know, and, and the drama at the end is the ship's broken, they have to go somewhere, we learn about a whole backstory, why they can't go to the place, and then they crash land, and Sandy's gone, so this girl's completely on her own. You know, good... Good space adventure, not 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 breaking, uh, you know, rules. Not not really, you know, like it, it's it's not a, it's not an Eisner winner. But mm-hmm. I had fun reading it. I love Kev Walker. He's perfect for it. He's a little little less Kev in this one. I think it was a little more on model, but you know, he did his thing. It's cleaner. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Um, I really, I quite. I mean, I had fun reading it. Um, yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. It's a very much, it's a it's a big old sci it's a big old sci fi story that's that's that is also drilled down to this you know very personal story. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by big old sci fi is that she's on these alien planets. There's the aliens, not just the predators. There's at one point all these you know she has a run with all these purple aliens. Like so, it's a big it's a sci fi. And she story. can't communicate to them that she's not an enemy. Yeah. And they think that she's evil, and it's kind of interesting. There's a well, there's, she's you know, dressed like a predator, and she has right. the predator head on her mask. There's she ex- wears a predator mask when she's hunting the predator, right. so they think she's a predator, so they attack her. Uh, you know, it, it made it's a little like, feels like a, a bunch of alien stories that we've read, uh, you know, the Xenomorph stories, you know, as they try yes. to do other stuff, it doesn't, it doesn't feel unrelated to the expanse, you know, as we go to these different worlds and fly around, you know, space adventure. I'm, I, I had, I had a lot of fun reading it. She's totally. very on model for all of these sci-fi female characters. She's wearing a yes. black tank top with like the cargo pants the short and the shaved head. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had fun and I'll read the second issue. She's Vasquez. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll read the next issue. Yeah, uh, I want to know what happens next. So, uh, you know, it was. It, if you're a Predator fan, I can't imagine you not liking it. The thing again, I'm not sure what Predator fans like. So, maybe not a lot won't. of Predator in here. Like, I don't know. Like, maybe there's a Predator canon, and they're I feel like, like you shouldn't have a lot wrong. of Predator. I mean, the first movie, the Predator doesn't show up for such a long time. Right. You, you just you're looking through his eyes most of the time yeah. with that weird infrared. Get to the chopper. So, um, I'm going to rate this book a 3.75 out of 5. And I'm I was going to st- go, three, go 3. I was going to go 3.5. I'd have no problem with 3.75. And I'm going to stick with it. Yes, I'm going to read it too. At least, at least, at least for now. I don't want to <laughs> read this for like 12 issues, but you know. There's no, there's no subtext to this. Right. There's not like a greater thing going it's just on. It's pure survival. Like, yep. 
Yeah, which is fine. Yeah, totally fine. Which is what it should be. I mean, you know, if you're if you're going for like I'm gonna say three point five, you know, really fun. I'll read it again. Looks great. You know, uh, it, there's not. It is what it is, and I mean, it's exactly the, what it should be. That's what those be. movies are really good at. Alien Predator was like exploiting your anxiety about forces beyond your control. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can't reason with this thing. You know, it's the, the whole the whole uh, what movie was that? Oh, Terminator. Terminator, Predator, Aliens, it's all the same. It's this super powerful, violent force that's coming for you, and you can't reason with it, and you can't stop it. It's not evil. It's it not just good. Is. It just, yeah, it just it's is. It's like a bear. It's like you open the door, and there's a bear. Uh-huh. What are you going to do? You can't reason with that bear. No. No, you can't go get it a steak. It's not going to wait that long. <laughs> Hold on, buddy. Give me, let me go to Trader Joe's. <laughs> Patreon.com slash iFanboy. That's where you can go to that. Book to the Rundown. Uh, thanks to all the patrons who vote. We did appreciate it. Even the ones who voted for Love of Everlasting. We do appreciate all the votes. Uh, let's let's do this week's patron power. Josh, you're up. Patron patron who gets bestowed this week is Daniel Udwari. U- Udwari? Mm-hmm. Something to that extent. Uh, and what he can do is he can he can just, on a, on a flick of his wrist, he can cast fools into the sea. Yeah. Somebody's being a fool. He waves his hand and, and they are cast. <laughs> Quickly, and 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 thoroughly into the sea. How far to the sea? However far it takes to get to the sea. So he, maybe, he, and I would go so far as to say, it doesn't necessarily injure the fools who are being cast. That's what I was going to say. Is he killing these fools? No, no. But they're going to end up in the sea quickly and violently. And I don't mean violently in the sense that they will be, you know, bodily injured, but there, there's a violence to the movement. It's fast. It's not comfortable. Right. Not so they are, they are feeling the, the, the effect of having been tossed into the sea, but they're not mm-hmm. going to be killed by it. No, they, and they will end up in the sea. Now, if they can't swim... That's a whole other issue. That's the thing, but... What if they know. get tossed next to like a pool of great white sharks who are feeding on, a, on a, like a carcass of a whale? That's not something that Daniel can... Just, just bad luck for that fool. You should, you should. I mean, this is a good reason to try not to be some fool. <laughs> and the thing is, it you know, it really depends on the kind of day that Daniel's having. You know, I understand. If if, if it's not going well, like the the patience level is very high. He could fling like a, a relative into the sea if it was bad. Like a, like he wants to avoid Thanksgiving. I think sure. Because you'll you know remember that time you threw Uncle Frank into the sea? He's like, I know, but he just kept talking about politics. Wait, so is it involuntary? The fools just fly away, or does he actually have to do no, it? No, he has to make the decision. Okay. But he's human. You know, I you see. don't. You know, there's. You know, I wouldn't want to be around. If I had this power, I wouldn't want to be around me from eight a.m. to eleven a.m. Because <laughs> I'm not. I don't have. Just, just be quiet, please. I was gonna say age six, age sixteen and twenty six. Mm-hmm. If I if I'm driving. And somebody, you know, I have a lot of side streets around here and people drive way too fast on them. I have my kids going somewhere. It's a 30 mile an hour road and you're up my ass because I'm not going 45. You and your vehicle will be flung into the sea. <laughs> oh, the vehicle Just, too. Well, I mean, otherwise you're tearing through the metal. I don't know. It's a, you know. Well, it's magic. That's, that's how magic. I pictured it. I yeah. see. You cast fools into the sea. Patreon.com slash fanboy. Daniel gave it the $5 a higher level and that's how you get a superpower live in the show. Thanks for being a patron. Josh, what do you want to do? Let's go with Greg from Philly's question, which mm-hmm. says, let's say that we live in a world with both the Justice League and Avengers. Let's say both the Justice League and the Avengers are throwing a pool party. 
Let's say these pool parties are on the same day, August 13th. Let's say I fanboys invited to both pool parties. Which pool party you're going to and why? As a side note, what are you each bringing to the party? Ooh, interesting. I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. You're not I don't going like, to I don't like pool parties, and yeah. I, I don't really like pools. I don't really like parties. But I'm going to go to the Avengers one because they're sexier. Because <laughs> if you're going to be at a pool party, it might as well be sexy. I, don't, I was just thinking, I don't even know the, the current team lineups. Well, oh, I'm just using a, dead. Are we talking like who are we talking about? What team are we I'm talking just, about? Just, well, let's just use, let's, let's take a, a, you know, the, the platonic ideal of that team. You know, whatever that is for you. But I'm well, saying, or or t- if well, if you went to the if you went the current lineup of of Avengers because we had Avengers come out this week, so I'm looking at the the title page. You get you'd get to hang out with Namor. I mean, say what you will, he's sexy, and he would be interesting at a pool party because mm-hmm. he would probably hate the water because mm-hmm. he's well, not it's getting all full anything. Of chemicals. Out, he's not getting anything out of that, and he'd probably mm-hmm. bitch the whole time, and that'd be entertaining, I think. Sure. So that you want a party that has conflict? Well, yeah. I mean, it's fun. Um, I just figured there's a chance Tiger might show up. Let's <laughs> clog the clog the filter with all of her hair. Whatever. The Avengers are clearly more fun. 100%. You know, like, I love the Justice League, obviously, but, you know, Batman's not a lot of fun at a pool party. None. And, uh, and he's just hot out there. Right. Black cape. <laughs> <laughs> Aquaman's right. He's wearing trunks and the cowl. <laughs> and so, on the one hand, he's not he doesn't have to worry about skin cancer because he's, he's got you know all that shade good you know who's not fun neither superman nor captain america are fun at parties if you've got a, a party that has tony stark there mm-hmm. i mean it, it's in terms of what you can expect a lot more a lot more semi-villains have been on the avengers than the justice league well between namor tony stark and thor you have that's you got yourself a party mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. those are fun dudes yeah you know um but not so much the justice league the justice league is you know, Barry's kind of a dork. Uh, Superman's kind of a dork. Well, you know, nothing wrong with that. They're just not, you know. Yeah. And, you know, Batman's going to be glowering in his cowl and sweating and refusing to take it off. And everyone's like, Batman, aren't you hot? He's like, shut up. Somebody's going to light a tiki torch and watch the man. <laughs> and they're just going to be like, what the fuck are you doing? It's just not as much fun. Um, maybe if you're talking about like the satellite era, just like that's a whole other ball game. Then you're that's talking about like a lot of different people. There could be, there could be fights. And then you got elongated man, you got Zatanna. Mm-hmm. That's a whole other situation. But you know, again, Zatanna, I feel like she's not a pool party girl. She's a golf girl. She, I think she is. Okay, she's, she's always wearing a bathing suit. I mean, <laughs> she's already halfway there. But I mean, I I, I hate to be it's still Avengers this, though. But Avengers yeah, is still it's, more fun. it's definitely Avengers. Yeah. What are you bringing? It depends on how long I have to travel. Um, I mean, I'll definitely bring like some bottles of rum. Uh, some maybe some chips and guacamole, but if I don't have to go far, I can make and I can make some mai tais and bring those batched. See, I am so uh, uh, non partying mm-hmm. that like the like the part where it's like you have to bring something. I went, oh, I guess you are supposed to bring stuff to parties, and I don't. I didn't even think of that. Didn't even occur to me. Recently, Which I discovered a- um, these. You know, like freeze pops. You put them in the freezer and eat them. Uh, the reason I discovered margarita freeze pops they have, they have uh, that are margaritas frozen margaritas and so I bring I could bring those can alcohol I thought alcohol didn't freeze well it doesn't freeze solid it freezes you know like crunchy slushy yeah slushy fair enough 
Um, they're pretty strong. They're not not on their own, but like they're all the alcohol seems to always be concentrated on one end of the pop. So depending here's on which what, here's end you what I'm going to say. One way or another, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how what what form they're going to be in. Probably bring wings, and that'd be appreciated. People always yeah. appreciate you bring wings. Yeah, yeah. I think I'd go with the wings. But I think the clear answer, as, as much as we love just like it's the it's the Avengers. The yeah. Avengers are going to have a good time. Mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's clear. Thanks for writing in, Greg from Philly. Contact.ifanboy.com is where he wrote in. And that you can also write in there for our Media Splode show if you have a question about media, non-comics media. We like doing those on the Media Splode shows. Let's wrap up by talking about what we've got going on, what, what's happening in July, what's happening in August. So we had our Thor Love and Thunder review that came out in July. We had Josh's Talksplode interview with Rainbow Rowell that came out in July. And just this past week, I guess it wasn't July, it was August, was our Green Lantern Beware My Power review in which... Paul Montgomery, Ryan Haupt, and I all reviewed the latest DC Universe animated original film that stars Jon Stewart and also features Green Arrow and Hawkgirl and Adam Strange. Is it based on a comic? No. Okay. It was very good. We liked it a lot. And so uh, you can check that out right behind this show on the feed. Right on the other side of this show on the feed will be our Media Splode show that's coming out this coming week. We have not recorded it yet. I don't know what we're doing, so I can't tell you, but you'll find that show. This show is sort of like the the meat of the sandwich that is the special edition shows of Green Lantern and Media Splod. And then the week after, Josh and I will be reviewing Hulk Future and Perfect for our Book Splode. It is the uh, culmination of the Maestro storyline. The original Maestro book came out in the early 90s, which is this book, Hulk Future and Perfect. And then it was revisited recently by Peter David in the excellent Maestro com- uh, World War M comics. And now we'll be finishing it up with this original, original, original book. So you look forward to that. It's Peter David and George Perez. Excited to talk about that. So those that books that show's coming out later in this month. My favorite Instagram slash TikTok account. I don't have TikTok, but oh boy. is uh, Sandwiches of History. Oh yeah, I know that. I follow that guy. I love that guy. Yeah. He just he makes a sandwich from some hundred year old sandwich recipe book. And then he goes, I he goes, that's really good. Or I can make this better. And I have not wanted to eat a single thing he's ever had on there, but I'm fascinated by it. I mean, the only one I've ever eaten that he's that he had there was the croque monsieur, which I love. But other than mm-hmm. that, it's all like this is like a sandwich made from grain. Yep. Yeah. No, it's not good. It's like, I don't was, like what any was around of the in the eighteen hundreds. It's, it's, it's that's the interesting part because it's know, history. I, I think it's fascinating. I follow him for sure. I love it. Yeah. I make Lindsay listen to it, and she's like, "Please stop doing." I'm like, "No, let's <laughs> give this sandwich a go." And she's like, "Stop!" <laughs> and my kids are all like, "Let's give this a go," and uh, that's a thing. You can find all of our shows at overnightfanboy.com. Uh, you just said roast fan- beef sandwich. Yeah. Oh, that's good. He probably added horseradish. Before that. Yep, I remember that one. Over at ifanboy.com, you can find the archive of all the great comic book writing from the staff that we have had over the years. Uh, you can find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out uh, by following at ifanboy on Twitter, at ifanboycomics on Instagram. You can follow Connor and I individually on the Instagram, as well as Sandwiches of History. C.S. Kilpatrick and J.A. Flanagan, you subscribe to our YouTube page at youtube.com slash ifanboy. All of the old video shows that we had access to. We have them all? Or we're missing? we got to be missing a oh, couple. Oh, yeah. So there's, there's like two shows that are not up um, that... I both Ron and I just could not find a file for. I they think I'd look to gone for the, gone to either one of them is the Walking Dead full length show we did on that show is just gone, and then I think there's another one that might be gone too. But everything we have file wise is yeah. there, so that's all there. Um, yeah. And we post this podcast there if that is a way that works for you to consume. Yep. So do that. Uh, I mean, you can like and subscribe. I don't really care. <laughs> Banana lettuce and anchovy sandwich from 1924 just makes my stomach turn. 
Yep. But then what happens is he makes it and he takes a bite and he goes, no, it's actually not bad. He usually <laughs> likes the sandwich. There's only been a couple where he's like, that's terrible. He the, he enjoys things. Because here's the thing. I don't like a lot of food. Right. And I don't I don't like that. I want to like a lot of food. But I, for whatever reason, maybe, I, I'm a, maybe I'm a super taster. I don't know. But I appreciate that he can like those things and I want to. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, oh God, canned sardines. He has an open, open-minded palate. I love it. I that's a that is a that is a real superpower to be able to just enjoy food. Hey, if you like the show, across. consider writing a review, a star rating on Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, it helps people find the show. It helps the algorithm. You know, bring the show to life and help people discover it. And we do appreciate that. Thanks for doing that. Even better, that's word of mouth. Your friends, you know, tell this guy who makes the sandwich show. Then you know, what's his name? I don't even know his name. I just know he's the sandwich guy. I don't guy. know. Yeah, he never says his name. It's not about ego. You he's and not me one of those and Mike Rome will follow him. Um, That's great. Just you know, consider telling your friends or your, you know, anyone you, you, you know, this is a show I enjoy. You might enjoy it too. I mean, we do appreciate that. Thank you very much to all people who do that. And that is it for another show in the books. This was 842. We're getting ever closer to 850. That'll be the big email and booze show. But we're, we're too just slightly too early to start talking about that. But that's coming. Just keep that in mind. It's totally too early to talk about that as far as I'm concerned. That's eight weeks away. Uh, I hope the sandwich guy gets a little boost. And he's like, what's happening here? He, he's, he's, he's okay. Yeah. He's fine. Well, he's which, which, fine. which brings me back to further like, oh, yeah, we started this too early. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. Because anyway, no, if we started later, we would have been in the, uh, one of the one million podcasts that came out. That's true. That's true. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. We do appreciate it. Until next week, I'm Connor. Uh, <laughs> see, that's what I did. Being as a callback. <laughs> <laughs>